0: Thriving in Singleness, episode 15.
1: This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host,
0: Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Today we have Jimmy with us. Jimmy, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Enjoying life. (laughs) Good. Great to hear. So, Jimmy, you are yet another one of my young life guys. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And it's been so fantastic. Being able to to know you and continue getting to know you more, because I feel like even after I quit leading young life, our our friendship grew even stronger, which is which is pretty incredible and pretty rare. So I really appreciate just knowing you, being able to continue getting to getting to know you better.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, Tom. You've been really a great influence on really a lot of high school kids that grew up and. You just knew how to push yourself into a relationship with people, <laughs> especially when some people were, let's say, introverts, or they didn't really communicate well, and yet you just knew how to, how to bring that energy and positivity to many people's lives as you did to mine, and you've really been a great influence and a great friend, really, and it's more of thank you to you, of really what you've done as well, and in the work of Christ, allowing everything to really grow and have people mature in the faith as you have.
0: Man, I, I really appreciate hearing that. It, it does mean a lot. And it, I'm I'm really blessed. I'm so blessed with the time that I had leading Young Life and the relationships that came from it and the, the, the people that I know today. So, uh, truly blessed, man. And so, tell me a little bit about, uh, well, more so tell our listeners about what you what you do tell us a little bit about yourself and your background
1: a little bit about myself i am a stonemason by trade i really was born into it (laughs) my dad used to take me around give or so 11 12 13 years old so that was all my summer all my summer fun seeing all my friends go to the pool and i was just (laughs) out there working I got to enjoy that but in the in the long runs I'm very thankful that he did that to the sense of now I know what I'm doing and have many years of experience that I just have work word of mouth pretty much because of the quality that I've done I thank God for that just for the patience he has given me to really allow myself to grow and and build my business towards something that is barely beginning.
0: oh that's really incredible, man. And and one thing I really admire about what you're doing in in this season of life, you're you're doing a a good amount of traveling in the midst of building your own business. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's something that really has impacted me towards the sense of I've always had that small ambition in me that I'm not that the sky's the limit, really. That there's, if I consider myself a child of God, that I can set high standards and ask him for help before I commit to something, that I know that he will help me through and really help me to see what comes next. Because I've always had uh, six months in my business of where it's warm here in Pennsylvania, and then once it gets cold... I kind of just leave and see what else is out there, really, and see what else I can contribute to in the in the world. To see where else I can be an influence, or even just learning small things. I'm very grateful to be a deep fryer and out in Yucca Valley to being a fitness trainer. Where I got to be out in L.A. That was just a small time, but it just helped me build my character into into really who I and becoming
0: that's incredible and so tell me a little bit more about some of your recent travels
1: so after seven years i've finally been able to go down to guatemala finally got to see my family again oh cool and that has really made me more grateful to life than what i am just to see the value of something i took for granted And that was just having my passport. (laughs) Yeah. That was something that I got to really go down and get to see a lot of my friends who I grew up with. After seven years, I just one day got my passport and then did my COVID test. And then that morning, once I got my COVID test, I was like, I'm leaving. (laughs) Like, I'm just up and leaving. Right now in January... And it was just really fun to just explore again and just have that sense of feeling of being at home for Yeah. I was not born in this country. I was born in Guatemala. I Okay. I'm an immigrant and my parents mm-hmm. brought me here around when I was seven. All right. So I really got to share like life's values as to how the lifestyle is down there. Go to school for two years and then Come up here, and I know absolutely no English to have people just staring at me because they don't know what I am saying. Oh man! And teachers don't know how to control me because I really didn't know what I was doing.
0: Oh wow! Well, i I think you have learned English very well.
1: <laughs> you try, trying, yeah. yeah as in my last trip that I took out in uh, in quarantine during mid pandemic. I got to go out to Colorado and explore Colorado, Utah and California. So that was very interesting as like everybody was shut down. I was like, hmm, gas prices are at 196. Yeah, That's what I was
0: thinking. That was road a good trip. time to get out and go. <laughs> yeah, in the midst of that, I I was on paternity leave and I was I was almost tempted just to take my parents' RV and and have <laughs> have me, my wife, my my new daughter just go out and hit the road and take advantage of the Of the cheap gas prices. But, but yeah, I mean, of course, you know, you get out and as long as you know where the right hiking trails are that aren't national parks that are shut down, there was, there was some opportunity in there for plenty of adventure. That's, that's for sure. So, like, how long were you out during that time? Three months. Three months. That's a solid trip.
1: I left around April, came back in July,
0: end of July. Oh man, that's solid. And then did you have a, somewhat of a tent configuration on top of your Jeep or something like that, or did that come later?
1: No, not this year. Not this year. Oh, okay. This year was more of me and a couple of buddies just was like, hey, let's rent a car and go travel out to Colorado first and explore. And they were talking about like Airbnbs and stuff like that. And I'm like, Airbnbs? I was like, dude, you can just pitch a tent and like camp anywhere. <laughs> it's like, I got a stove. I got a whole setup that... We practically aren't missing anything like I'll set everything up and you guys just really help me pay for gas and we just go and see where, where the nose points we follow.
0: That's cool. Oh, that's the right thing to do, man. <laughs> so where are things for you personally right now as far as because uh, I know you're single and do you feel that you are pretty content in your singleness or is it something that you feel you've been struggling with lately or you might waver in between uh, different feelings of it?
1: I mean, there goes a long way. I can say that just to the sense of being single, it has helped me to build and have characteristics that I find that many people take for granted. As for example, we use joy, just joy of just being in the moment of just really valuing just what today brings and into the evening that I've really have built a joy that i don't need material things or certain circumstances to happen in order to find that true joy in myself that i can find in christ that he has really helped me to help me to grow in the aspect of appreciating even that i can do that with myself because i always take <laughs> i always take advice from older older men that they're just Put their input on what they did when they were young and where they are that many can be very successful and have everything at their hands but yet they didn't enjoy their 20s because they were so busy trying to look into the future that now they look back and didn't take those small moments of being like wow I can literally drop a lot of things that I have because there's nothing that I'm too responsible for, Mm -hmm. or even with that responsibility, I know that taking care of somebody else's heart is harder than what people think. And that's something I'm very appreciative of that I've enjoyed in singleness that I can really explore and really get to know myself into a deeper level of who I am.
0: That is that is such an important thing to really Really get to know who you are, especially there's, there's people who get married without necessarily knowing who they are. And that's, that's a bad recipe for, for a marriage is, is two people that don't know each other getting married and thinking they're going to find completeness in that. And I think it's really cool. Like you, you are able to, you get out and you do different things. You're realizing with, with the help of mentors that twenties is, is a really awesome phase that you can, you can really maximize there's a lot of cool adventures to have and you're doing that which is fantastic and and there's so many important lessons to be learned during that time and lessons that you really don't want to skip out on it's it's great to hear that that you've been able to learn and apply those things and it's it's just so great to hear
1: yeah it really is it's it's very life-changing to certain moments of really in certain circumstances where I've dropped everything and went pretty much without any money somewhere. And I really got to see God's hand in situations where I'm completely uncomfortable. And that's where I felt the most comfortable. Where I've always felt uncomfortable is where I'm comfortable. Because it's just, I don't know, it's just always a part that you don't really grow. You're just kind of in a stable situation that you kind of can control an outcome, but when you're in an unstable situation that you really don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, it always keeps you on edge. It always keeps you on your toes to really depend on God because I've left in situations where I had close to zero dollars, but yet at the end of the year, I still come back. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's incredible. And and it kind of makes me think of of exercise where you don't get stronger unless your muscles are strained to that point of exhaustion and being able to be in positions where you have to rely on God can really enable you to grow stronger in the faith because you know you have to rely on him more and you have to be able to trust in him and that's that's absolutely fantastic how you bring that up
1: yeah it just really makes you think and really value as to how much he really cares for you to the sense of the the time and energy and energy I'd say that God puts into your life that he's always been the God at the moment that whenever you need him he's there whenever you're waiting on him even though <laughs> God's time isn't our time mm-hmm. but he's just always there to we're just like God I really need something to come through he already knows before you even ask him
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. What do you think God has been teaching you the most in in the past few years?
1: Really reconciliation towards him and and family and friends, towards opening up and showing vulnerability towards others that I got to a point in my life where I got lost in drugs and I only I really only focused on myself. I became really self-centered and selfish that there was no one that can come into my life without me being hesitant on who it is, why they need to be in my life, or even as to why I want them in my life. So I became really independent that there was walls I built in my heart that through time I I built them so thick that I just didn't know how to tear them down. Mm-hmm that they were just, it was so hard for somebody to come towards me and me really open up to somebody and just, I always felt like I had to pretend who I was. In the past couple of years, I, I really felt God tearing them walls down and really making me each day feel more vulnerable and more vulnerable to the point where I just, <laughs> I just come down on my knees sometimes and just, I always just say, I get to a point where it's enough. Of closing myself out and really being selfish to the point where only Christ can heal me with my emotions and and really my my thinking,
0: what do you think was the biggest turning point in bringing you back from being caught up in drugs and feeling that self-reliance and transforming to someone who who trusts more in God and and finds that completeness in Christ?
1: When when I was 13 years old, I will remember, and that's something that I will never forget. Towards it was 3 a.m. in the morning. I was just watching a movie, and it was like a very demonic movie. Towards the sense of it showed good angels and evil angels, and I always just looked at it as a as a as a young as a young kid, and just really it brought me to to tears to really look at it and just wonder like why. Why do people follow the evil things and want to do the evil things when God is so good? Mm -hmm. It's It always just amazed me just even watching why people always just chose that evil lifestyle when there's a creator being who just wants to help you through your struggles. Yes, we have to change and adapt and build to His his holiness, (laughs) pretty much leaving ourselves behind and transforming into the renewing of Him. As to, I was a young kid, I I turned to God. I put my trust in Him, and I prayed towards Him, but I never really understood what I was doing. Okay. I never really understood that it was like the deep theology of what Christ came to do in the world. I never understood that. It was just towards a sense of, I know He's there, and I know He watches over me. And it was just always feeling that, his right hand sustained my life as to me growing up in school, always coming down on depression, always having anxiety, and letting those thoughts and those, those feelings win over my happiness towards where I really gave in to them. And that's where I kind of started to drift myself apart from everybody and just distance myself. And just growing up, I always said, like, when I turn 21, that's when I'm going to see what 21 is like. I'm going to experience what 21 is like. That When I turn 20, I made a prayer that I asked God and I asked Him, like, why do people lose themselves in the world? And why do people never come back? And it was something that I felt convicting in me that I asked Him. I asked Him when I turned 21, I and this is something I, I, looking back, I never really would tell anybody to do just because of the sense of coming back is harder than what people think. That once I felt Mm -hmm. God opened the doors and he opened the doors and was like, you want to experience the world? Here you go. Like I kept you from a lot of evil things to where if you want to go experience, experience what, Having going out to parties is like what smoking's like, how doing drugs is like that. I felt that door swing open and was like, if you really want to go try it, try it. And I always just went with it. Like, I just went with the flow. I turned 21. I started, it started first with drinking, it started with, with alcohol, having bad influences in my life where they really influenced me to think that the way that they think. And really losing who I was. Losing who that person that I built myself towards to stay away and abstain from everything. Now I feel like my my innocence going away. Okay. Little by little, my innocence going away because my mind is now adapting to new situations and different lifestyles that I liked it. Like, I liked it, but I always had that conviction that... I don't feel I don't belong there like I just never belong there and and all the times and I always just gave into the influence of one friend coming towards me and being like hey let's go out here and I was like all right let's go and it was another friend hey let's go do this hey let's go do drugs like let's try them and see what they're like and I was like okay and I got so lost in myself that I realize now that I was building myself a cage that I was going to get so knee deep in things that I didn't really, in the moment, realize how much I was influencing the relationship with my real friends, my Christian friends and my family, that I was distancing them and trying to make other people happy, that I lost my real focus and... Now, anxiety and depression came back even twice as strong as they were before. Yeah. So now it's the exit to that was always going back to drugs because I didn't I didn't have another reason to be like, oh, why do I need to quit? Or I'm not addicted to something. And I always say once you say you're not addicted to something, you're really addicted (laughs) to something because it's that thought you're fighting that thought that's like, I'm addicted to something. Yeah, but I'm not. You know, I can quit whenever I want. Why don't you quit tomorrow? You know, it's like, nah. I'll yeah, it's like week. being in denial. <laughs> and then next week comes and you're still yeah. doing it. Yeah. So, and it was to the point where my life was, I just fell into confusion. Mm-hmm. I lost really of who I was. And I was just this person that was just influences influencing myself around other people. And they had a huge influence on my life that they kind of, I kind of wanted to be like them, and then I just felt lost. I felt lost to the point where I gave everything up, every, my life here. And I was just one day woke up and was like, you know what? Like, I'm going out to California. Hmm. And that was the beginning of when I found out how lost I really was because I was just going with the wind those were me following emotions than I was of really what was true. So I go out to California and still, still smoking, still doing acid. And I always just said, it's, oh, these things help me to see clear, but they are, it's your own wisdom. Like it's your own thinking that you think it's the right way, but it's the sense of your own thinking that manipulates you to have certain feelings or want to see certain things or feel certain things so I really got lost in even my own thinking that I just didn't even know what I was living for anymore that I just ask myself every day it's like what's the point of me even waking up if if there's no value to this life like I just feel like I wake up and each day is the same but yet new things come but yet it still feels the same like there's no sense of like true happiness because you try to give love but this world knows how to take away your love and give you rejection yeah you try to give joy you try to give positive energy but all you get is negative energy and negative output on others that they just nitpick little things out of you to the point where now you're constantly self-conscious of the little things of yourself that that make you who you are yeah as i as i continued my walk i just kept getting more and more lost to drugs and it got to the point where I didn't know what to live for so I just went on a like just a crazy adventure and I just in my head I just didn't know what to do so here I am going from San Diego driving at 120 miles an hour and just going nowhere Mm -hmm. like just you know what? Like I'm taking I'm just I'm just going on with the flow and I'm just driving like a reckless maniac and just having no sense of worth anymore because like there is nothing to live for. Like I just got to the point where what is there to live for? I was just so deep in depression So so lost in my train of thinking that I just said, you know what? Like it's just to a point where I just gonna do whatever I want. There's no more value in life so now it's you serve no consequences to what i do now because i always just had that train of thinking you know if if god's real then everybody can be saved or if god's real but what is true like there's so many different religions out there that what is true like what is truth i always ask myself that question like what is truth because you know Buddhists say they have their own truth, Hindus have their own truth, Muslims have their own truth, Christians have their own truth, but yet you look at their lifestyles and yet so many are so different. And I was always judgmental more of Christians than I was of anybody else because you say you're a child of God, but why do you live in fear? Why do you live in doubt? Why do you worry about tomorrow? Why are you worrying about what's coming that... If you knew who your heavenly father is, then why do you live in that? If you consider yourself to be in Christ, why would I need to follow something like that if I'm going to get lost in that as well? So I was just always bashed on it, and I was like, that's not true. Like, that, I don't need to be a Christian. I believe in God, but I don't need to be a okay. Christian. <laughs> and I always just changed my way of thinking into that. That I always looked at it and was like, you know what? I always just feel like God's going to put me in truth. So I believe in God of Israel, but not really knowing scripture, like just reading my Bible, but like just overseeing, you know, Mm -hmm. that I just get to read the little things that, you know, God created the heaven into the earth. God formed man and women into his own image that I took it. I was like, you know what? Like, that's my creator. That's my God. And he's the one that protects me. He's the one that watches over me. But I don't need Jesus. I don't know what he is. And I don't believe in his life. Because I just felt like he sinned. And I just didn't believe it. Or I didn't even know his work. Because I was looking at it through through the flesh. I wasn't looking at it spiritual. And I've always just asked myself that question. That I wanted this just no truth what is true and god will put me there so this is when i started my journey i i was and i i hate and regret this because it was so dangerous and so selfish to what i did that i started driving from san diego at 130 miles an hour and not even looking at my rearview mirror because i was like you know what like i could do it like i could just drive reckless without slowing down and just keep going like i have no I have no stop that I did it through LA. I did it through San Francisco. I traveled all the way up to Oregon and I got to the point where it's like, I feel like I can keep doing this. Oh, wow. Like I feel like I'm just so in control of everything that I'm doing because like now I'm not even looking at my rear view mirror. I'm just going 130 miles an hour and just cruising, like turning left, th- turning outside the shoulder Like not on the lane, outside the shoulder and going around cars. Oh my goodness. (laughs) To where I just felt like I was so in control of the situations to come that once I got to Oregon I just didn't care anymore. I was like I feel invincible right now that it doesn't matter what I do. I'll get away with it. So then there was to the point where now I had cops behind me and I just look in my rear view and it's I just see cops behind me, but yet I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing that I just look in my rear view and just say, you know what? Like I'm 21 at this point in my life. It doesn't matter anymore. Like whatever comes, I'll try to face it and try to take it on with the faith I have. And I just went, I ran from the cops I had a helicopter behind me, and this is a kid who was literally lost in drugs that I didn't even know what I was doing in the moment. I was just so caught up in the moment, just thinking of myself, just driving recklessly in between people that today, it it, it really made me reflect that I could have really hurt somebody, that Mm -hmm. I could have hurt a family, I could have hurt just one person, and even as to my life that I could have hurt my own family if something would have happened to me and I just continued driving at a reckless speed that I had a helicopter on me and police officers throwing track spikes but I avoided some but yet the third track spike is the one that got me Mm -hmm. it's the one that blew my tires up and made me crash into a wall and just being in that in that moment i just didn't know what was true anymore i felt so lost and so out of focus that i felt nothing like i just felt completely nothing in myself that i, I felt completely dead my my heart and i just looked to so much And put so much time and energy into something and I didn't know what was true anymore. I've felt like just a piece of my soul was just ripped out of me that I didn't know who I was. And that was a scary feeling of feeling nothing, just feeling empty. And just being pulled, like being pulled over in the moment, I just didn't care. I still didn't care. That they threw tear gas in my car. I wouldn't get out of the car. They threw a dog in the car. I I just felt nothing. I looked at it and got to the end of it. And just really thought that this life is in vain. That I'm really meant to not be saved. That you just... What do you live for at that point? When you ask yourself that question. And I got tased and... It really was, I just felt no feeling. Mm. Like, I, I felt no feeling that now I'm in handcuffs and going to jail. And yet, cops talking to me and here's my pride. They asked me and then it's like, you know what you just did? And I said, yeah, I know exactly what I just did. And they asked me, what do you got to say about it? And all I tell them, it was all worth it. Like, I don't look back on what I did or any decisions because I don't live in regret. I don't live in in yesterday. Why would I live in yesterday if I did it? I can't be like, oh, I regret to what I did. But today, I'm I'm very thankful that nothing happened. Yeah. To be in that regret, to be like, wow, I killed a family or, you know, I got in a really heavy accident that people were in danger. And people were in danger now that the years went by that you just self-reflect and look back and it was so... It was just so scary. So then here's me in jail now. I just felt so lost. I had nothing. And all I had was just prayer. And I just asked God. I was like, I need something. I need something. I need something. There's something missing in my life right now. And I just waited two, three days. I kept asking him, I need something. It's like I feel... I feel lost. I need to find, I need to find you. I need to, I need to repent. I need to change. I don't like who I am anymore. I don't want this life anymore. I realized of what I'm doing and who I'm becoming that you, you kind of forget your first love as to the letter to Ephesians. It's you left your first love. Mm -hmm. You do everything right, but you leave your first love. And here's a week goes by I always keep asking him please help me please provide something for me that I may just meditate on you and I go and I have like this sense of feeling that's like "All right, go to the library I walk over to the library here's a perfectly brand new bible just sitting there like just sitting there and I'm just like wow I'm gonna pick this up and just really read it just meditate on it because it's something that... His word is something you meditate on. It's something you read and really meditate and reflect on. Because it's life. And at that point, I'm still in denial of being like... I believe in God of Israel. But nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, absolutely nothing else. So I'm over here reading the Old Testament. Being like, I don't need the New Testament. Until they move me cellmates. And now... They moved me with a follower of Jesus who was in there for for things he did wrong, and he regretted for what he did and repented for them. And you just see this happiness in somebody that's I never seen a ha- a man happier to be in jail than this than I seen this mm-hmm. guy. And I'm like, I just look at him, and just observe him, and I'm like, why are you so happy? And he's like, because God loves me. And I'm just like, dude, but. How long are you in here for? He's like, I don't know, a long time, probably. I'm looking close to 20 years. And I'm like, but how can you be so happy? And he's just like, because God loves me. He died for me. And I'm just, like, observing him. And I'm just <laughs> just kind of, like, smiling because, like, I could feel his joy just rub off on me. That, like, this man is just feeling joy and amongst his circumstances, among his situation, that he's just genuinely happy where he's at, that he realized his mistakes, but yet he feels forgiven for them. And then I asked him, I'm like, like, who, who do you follow? He's like, I tried to my best of my ability. I follow Christ. And I'm like, I'm over here in my pride, just being like, I don't need him. It's like, God has sustained me and my God has, you know, has provided for me that he's helped me see things through. And he's just like, no, man, that's not how it works that's all he left it at that day that I just really reflect and I look at him and I'm like, just go to bed and wake up the next day and keep reading my Bible. He's like, do you need help? I'm just like, yeah. It's like, I look at him, I'm like, who's Jesus? And then he just responds and he's like, oh man, you don't know who he is? I'm like, no, I never really try to understand who, who he is and what he has done. And the first thing he tells me is, he's your savior. <laughs> he's he's the one who came to redeem you because we were children of perdition. And I just look at him, I'm just like, what? <laughs> he says, yeah, like the God you say you put your faith in, that's only through a blessing that has been promised through Abraham, not to us, the Gentiles, just through Abraham. And at that moment, it just really hit me that everything that I was reading kind of just made sense, that it was through the descendants of the Israelites that they were blessed, that they were God's chosen people, that now I'm more confused than I ever was because now I'm like, so everything I've been following, everything that I've been doing is wrong, like just completely wrong to... (laughs) to now where I need to rethink life, like I need to really take a closer look as to what I am doing, who I'm following. And that's the biggest question I ask is, who am I really following? Am I following myself? Am I following the devil? Am I following God? Where do I stand in between all this? So and it made me really think as to, if I would have died that moment, I would have gone right to hell thinking I would have been in heaven. Oh, my. And then he just continued to explain what Christ has done, that he he gave up his life so we could find ours, that our sins may be forgiven through repentance, through changing of the mind and changing of the heart and rejecting your worldly passions and putting them at his feet and being now, I'm following you that my life is for you, that wherever you put me, wherever you lead me is for you, that I have no, no, really no say into. I have really no say because it's it's something where he wants to place you, he'll place you. Yeah. Something that he wants to do in your life, he will do it. And you just kind of have to surrender to that. And that was what your previous podcast was about, when she surrendered to the Lord yeah, and that's when she found more happiness and fulfillment in her life that really made me reflect and and look at it and just really appreciate as to how far surrendering to him takes you that says, this is the end of my strength. Now I want to begin yours. And that moment in prison really made me open up to Christ that The hardened heart I had, I prayed for a heart of flesh. I prayed for change, repent. I constantly repented of everything that I did, that I want to seek His righteousness, not mine. I want to seek what He has done for me, not what I've done for Him. And reading the Bible really made me realize of how much in need I am of Him than I thought, because of His blessings that are found in that book are unending. Yeah. That there's no other religion that has blessings like that, that promises that fulfill, promises that really come to life and you really walk with God experiences experiencing those promises he has made towards you, that it really, really changes your life and your life values, your expectations, your... Your focus or even your your most important is your time is how much time does God really get in your life as to waking up in the morning how much time do you give him in the evening how much time do you give him if he gives you 24 7 of life how much time do you actually give him and that's something that as you asked me earlier is something that God has been putting in my heart and continuing to change through all that experience is giving more time to him than he deserves, giving to him that ten percent of my life that he deserves. Many people look at it as like money or material things, but he just wants that time that you can read, meditate and pray into his word that he can speak to he can speak to you and really change change your mindset into Christ's mind instead of your own mindset. And that's something that I continue to work towards because it's, it's really refreshing to know that there's a life that is meant for you to take and apply in your life that it will only lead to everlasting life is when you're in that surrender state. Is when you give up your own life to follow Him because he is enough. He is more than enough.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. And now, would you agree that people tr- turn to drugs, people turn to relationships in an effort to fill a void? I think there's so many different directions that people are trying to fill a void that only God can fill. And I feel like you've experienced that as well in a matter of of seeking drugs to find any type of fulfillment. Would is that what you would agree with?
1: Yes, there's that low level of guilt. There's that low level of those unconscious feelings of where you feel insecure that you try to hide them and you try to bury them deep in your heart. And you can only do that with drugs because it's temporary. Once you're high or you are you have a buzz, it's you're not focused on yourself anymore. You're just focused on what's around you, but yet those feelings always come back yeah those feelings always return and that's something that there's just a giant void that they don't fulfill they will never fulfill because there's only one person and one mediator that's found towards and that's only in christ that he fills that void of where many people feel lonely many people feel just lost and really looking for happiness of joy fellowship fellowship has been one of one of the biggest ones because he has taught me how to have fellowship with absolutely anybody yeah with how to love thy neighbor how to really love your brother in christ that they're your your brothers like spiritually that they're your brothers that Every time we're together, I always just feel like you're an older brother to me because of what we share, of that communion we have in Christ and we share him, that we both have that sense of connection.
0: Yeah. And I'm blessed you feel that way, quite honestly. And did you ever try to channel that need to fill a void in relationships at all? Or was it only drugs that you were trying to fill that with? Yeah.
1: No, I I fell in love with this one girl. And I kind of didn't say it earlier, but that's one of the biggest reasons why I moved out to L.A. Okay. Because I dropped everything. She moved out to L.A. And I was like, okay. Like, I really like this girl. She asked me to come out. But, like, I really got to know her. I was like, yeah, she's not feeling anything. Like, this isn't a feeling that anybody can feel. This isn't any feeling that... Because I didn't know who I am, I couldn't show myself or express myself to anybody else. Because once you, if you don't know who you are, and you get in a relationship, it will come back. That feeling will come back. Yeah. You could be five years into your marriage, everything's happy, everything's fun, but you always have that. With anybody, you could have that midlife crisis, and it, it really everything you try to push out to the side and ignore, it just comes back and. Now you're completely stuck with somebody that marriage is a commitment. Mm -hmm. Marriage, you become one. In my eyes, you become one. And that's something that you show God that this is something I'm willing to put the effort in. That's why I, I cringe at how many people give in so easily to divorce because... It's just something that you're undoing what God has put together. Mm -hmm. And that's something that if you prayed for it, and that's something that you really felt that was right for you, why give up on something that God really put together? And then there's the other sense of being single and just always having that part that's missing because I felt that where... I'm single, but I'm like, you know what? Like, I'd be more happier if I had a, a girl with me or the girl of the one, you know, the, what everybody says, the one.
0: Yeah. But
1: yet there is no one. Like, everybody has that. Like, there's the one for me. And that's, I always just felt like that's one of the biggest lies because there is no one. Like, you find somebody and you just have a genuine connection, but you build towards love. Like love isn't. This person is gonna come and love me, and everything's gonna feel like flowers and and roses. But yet, it's a bigger struggle than what people think.
0: And I think there there might even be a lot of people that are in search of of the one, and then they they find the one, and they marry the one, and it's all this this whimsical lovey. Feeling that they've been expressing and as you get more into marriage your relationship does mature things change that that honeymoon phase that that does go away. However, if if you're pursuing marriage in the right aspect there it gets it gets more exciting as you continue getting to know someone but if what you defined as the one as the person you you felt constantly giddy about and in somewhat of a permanent honeymoon stage. That is something that can easily lead towards divorce because they're putting somebody on the pedestal in this idea of this is what they're gonna do for me and this is what I expect. And notice that I'm putting the perspective out there of what's in it for me? And that's what many people expect to go into marriage, what's in it for me? And that's not at all what marriage is about. And so, like you mentioned, they they will be searching for the one. They'll they'll end up divorcing. After after so many years, just because they, they feel like that feeling of love is, is no longer there anymore, when all along they were deceived into what, what love actually is.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. There's so much that people don't take into account of really, like we'll use, like I consider myself a really good looking person and I want to marry a really good looking person. But how would I contribute to their life now? If I'm just going based off looks. Like where are the little things like. Do they, do they serve? Like in the ministry. Do they serve their family? Like do they help out? Do they sacrifice? Do they just genuinely love? Like those little five characteristics. People don't look for. They just look for. Now like she's so gorgeous. Or he's so attractive that. I want to be with him. Yeah. That those little aspects of appreciation towards another person that you can only find and build in building yourself to make the other person appreciate you and really you appreciate them that those little things are effortless but yet build such a good connection that people just ignore because they're so in a rush of I got to find somebody. I got to find somebody. I got to have kids. But yet, once they do that, they look back and be like, wow, when I was 20, I could have done all this. But yet, now I'm stuck with two kids and a wife and a mortgage that when I was 20, all I had to do was pretty much throw everything in the back of my car and take a road trip and really self-discover and go out in nature. You'll really find a lot of healing out in nature. Just take a hike. Yeah. Like just yeah absolutely
0: and do you think that you'd be you think you'd be able to find contentness if you were single for the rest of your life
1: if that's something that christ puts in my heart of course it's in his strength not mine that's something that he that void he will fill only he will fill nobody else and it's something that if he allows me to marry as well it's something that he can provide it's all in him because if I go out of my way how do I know he's blessing it how do I know he's behind it orchestrating because where he's happy is when you ask him for help that he's yeah that you ask him hey like I'm heading towards this can you help me like that's what he blesses when you seek him with all your heart that you come to him before you do anything
0: yeah absolutely and, uh, man, I really appreciate, like, everything you've had to share. Like, I think it's been just so much value. I think our listeners are really going to appreciate <laughs> it. Um, before we go, what is a verse that's been on your heart or a favorite verse of yours that you'd like to share tonight?
1: Yes, it is 1 Peter one seven that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's really good. And how can we be praying for you?
1: Just for what my hands are really working towards is how I can help others. How I can really, with what God has given me, how I can help others into the people that He's putting and going to put in my life as to where I can continue to live in Him to help others seek him where I can be a walking testimony to others lives just by my way of living not as to what I say or what I do it's to how I act and how my attitude is towards him and my life so I really just seek prayer as in to just strengthen just continue to have that protection over my life where he just sustains me to find him in a deeper spiritual level where I can continue to grow and build my ministry as, I mean, that's far away from now, but everybody has their own ministry to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're all called to ministry in, in in one level or another. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. That's what he It's like once, if you take care of his business, he's going to take care of yours.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Thanks again so much for joining me today. And uh, I'll we'll have to get together again soon. And it's just been a blast hanging out with you. So everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Remember to get out there and seize the day. Maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode.
1: Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.